Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers animated podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. And today, our journey through the first season of Transformers Animated continues with Sound and Fury. Uh, we're trying to look there, harder now with episode titles. Yeah, we're getting at least a little ambitious. It's, it's like, no Prometheus Rising or anything, but in there. But uh, if you if you see the toys that were in stores at the time, you can probably guess uh, what bad guys showing up in this one. <laughs> Fury Wave. Yes. <laughs> He's my favorite. He's an eye patch sporting cigar chomping uh oh, that super would be spy. Best. Yes. Don't yield back shield. <laughs> so this uh first aired February twenty third, two thousand eight, and was written by Henry Gilroy, who has written a ton of Star Wars cartoons. Uh, both huh. Rebels and the Clone Wars. Hmm. And he also wrote that first Scarecrow episode of Batman the Animated Series, which means he is the writer responsible for giving us, I am vengeance, I am the knight, I am Batman. Oh. <laughs> Jeez, that's enough for a pension right there. That's right. Yeah. That's in that episode Good where he's like hanging him a blimp and fighting the giant skeletal apparition of his dad. <laughs> oh, that's a cool episode. I, I, I enjoy those Scarecrow episodes. Is that uh, guy who played the Scarecrow was not the guy who played Dr. Smith, but sounded like Dr. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he was just one freak out from, uh, I don't know, insulting a robot or something. <laughs> yes. Speaking of robots, uh, this time, uh, in this episode, a bulkhead will be Sari's best friend, and he is taking her toy shopping, because her construction date is approaching. Yay! It's so adorable. Yeah, this this episode is a lot of Autobots not understanding things. Yes. Not understanding human terminology. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, he means her birthday, which is coming up, and uh, it turns out maybe... I wonder if that's going to just... We don't actually find this out, but it might just be a day that uh, some deck picked out of a hat. <laughs> Maybe uh, it is I don't her. have anything going on that month. I guess that's going to be her birthday. <laughs> Maybe it is her construction date. This is possible. Oh, yeah, well, Somewhere in between Halloween and New Year's? Yeah, that'll do. I know there's a winter episode coming up. So, yeah, we're in, like, September, maybe. Well, there you go. Make a note. That's when her birthday is. No, it's a year since the last episode. Yeah, it'd have to be in November. Oh, right, right, right. So, yeah, we're talking November here. So, yeah, they're, she's decided that, uh, you know, she wants something loud because she likes loud music. Yeah. She she figures out what she wants after staring in the window of Wyatt World Toy Store. Yes. (laughs) 
and suddenly we're interrupted by Professor Princess. Yes. <laughs> Derek Wyatt came up with lots of interesting designs for all these crazy ideas. The character. <laughs> Professor Princess is the best and weirdest of the human characters. Yes. She's she just is. this super femme little girl with a pony that she rides around on that is presumably robotic in some extent. Also, we know she's a super villain because she's wearing one of those bandit masks. Yes, that's how you can tell. Yay, domino masks. Her her background music is kind of Sailor Moon-ish. It is. And what she is determined to fight against is violent toys. Yes, and I think we should also mention here that this is uh, Kath Susie. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know how you pronounce that exactly. She is in, like, everything. Yes. Uh, she was Kitty Pride on Pride of the X-Men. Ooh. And uh, Janine Melnitz on uh, Real Ghostbusters. Uh, she is that Russian chick on Captain Planet. Hmm. She plays many small children. Wasn't she, maybe I'm wrong, wasn't she Babs Bunny? Uh, no, that was um, Tress McNeil. Ah, uh, okay. I believe they're both on Futurama, though. Yeah. Uh, Kat Susie is uh, Farnsworth's clone son. Uh-huh. And oh, she's also been on a bunch of rescue bots. Ooh. And she is somebody on Clone Wars, who I don't recognize because they have a Star Wars name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's Star Wars names. And I think she was also on Rugrats. She's in, like, everything. Yeah. And so this is kind of surprising that this is her first foray into Transformers. Well, there wasn't very much good Transformers there for a while. Oh, this is true. And I guess I don't know if she was working in the 80s. So, so yeah, I don't think she was working in Canada. Also that. So is she an actual professor? <laughs> That's a good question. That what? Eh, like, she's I mean, an adjunct. so confusing, like, what she even is. She might be. I mean, she presumably built that flying laser blast and unicorn. And since we're talking about Batman, uh, is she actually that young, or is she like Baby Doll from that oh, one episode? Yeah, that's. I mean, she, yeah, she sounds like a child, though. Yeah, yeah she, she looks like a child. Seems more as child. It, so weird. <laughs> Maybe someone else built her that stuff. Maybe her dad builds it. Although apparently, uh, we do in a later episode, we see her full name on a mugshot. And it is Professor Penny Princess, Ph.D. (laughs) Okay. That's great. So she she is not only built this stuff, she she has a doctorate. She's an actual professor. (laughs) And she's built a Maybe she's a professor in like gender studies. (laughs) Well, who also built like she seems to have that very sort of like like, like retaking femme. Yeah. I, I kind of like the idea that despite being a doctor and could be Dr. Princess, she's still using an aspirational lie of actually having gotten a tenured job. <laughs> I mean, she might be an actual princess, too. Yeah. Well, oh. <laughs> Oh, another okay. So it's a nepotism PhD. Oh no! Oh no! No, she's like a princess, and like centuries of royal inbreeding 
produced like this genius child. <laughs> She's like the Kwisatz Haderach. Uh, it's not how inbreeding works. Especially not royal inbreeding. Could be. I, I think we've been talking about Professor Princess four times longer than her actual on-screen appearance. <laughs> yeah, she just shows up, shouts some things, she throws... popples at people. Flower shuriken. Oh, the kitty bombs. They're great. Does yes, has, and her, her, her pony is named been. Powdered Sugar. What about popples? Are I they think they are now, at least. I'm just wondering... And she is definitely a My Little Pony, which is Hasbro. Oh, yeah. Yes. So yeah, has, this would um, be during the G3 era of My Little Ponies, though. This is like pre-Friendship is Magic. <laughs> yes, but but the so pony's name is, is Powdered Sugar. Yes, yes, at this point, Friendship is Technology. <laughs> so Bulkhead clamps down on this unicorn's laser horn. It explodes. Uh, Professor Princess falls to the ground, and then her unicorn's head hilariously lands in her lap. It's not that funny. She's really upset about it. <laughs> She's going to have to rebuild him. I love a good decapitation joke. Uh, I love a good horse's head in the bed joke. <laughs> so Megatron is watching all this, and he's all, ah, she's using her, the power of the Allspark key for this. This is bullshit. <laughs> you know, I can, it must be super frustrating for him. To be sitting here watching her use this powerful thing that he wants to do all this dumb shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's gotta be really annoying. I'm, I'm just ahead here. I no longer have an ass nor a hand with which to scratch it. I mean, he does have (laughs) that hand, so for there being a chair. Yeah. Oh, that must be like an internal temptation for him right now, that, or eternal torment for him, that he's so close to being able to facepalm, but so far away. <laughs> Some people have, like, phantom limbs. He's got, like, a whole phantom body. So, like, parts of him that he doesn't even have just randomly hurt sometimes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, I'm just thinking of him looking at Sarah and being like, okay, you have the... Uh, Shoot, I'm trying to think of the name of the MacGuffin from the third Indiana Jones movie. Uh, the... Uh, the Holy Grail? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you've got the Holy Grail, and what are you using it for? Oh, you're putting your spare change in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It must be so frustrating for him. So he's decided that he's, you know, I'm going to produce this new body, and he tricks Professor Sumdeck into making, into designing a toy for her. It is like a, this musical robot. And it's also good we see uh, Sparkplug, the robot dog again, who we find yeah. out was last year's birthday present, who she already isn't really paying any attention to, which is like a robot dog. Aww. Sad. I mean, Sparkplug is clearly outclassed as far as robot friends go. Well, yes. Yeah. I mean, she isn't going to even be able to use him, them to, him to you know preserve her sanity because she can't control when the movies begin or end. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so this uh, this robot is intended to be Megatron's new body, or at least a prototype for it. And Professor Sumdak is totally fine with this because, sure, this creepy head is going to make toys for children. Yeah, because he's so nice and friendly, and he's so good at 
sounding nice and frankly. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. He's not even doing like, oh, hey, I'm a, I'm just a Joe Autobot here. Yeah. It's vaguely he's, British evil robot voice. He says that it's going to be more fun than she can handle. In the most evil way possible. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it is birthday party time for Sari, but unfortunately, uh, she has no friends. Oh. So the children who show up are, find her terribly off-putting, and they're only there because their parents work for her dad. Also, one of them is little Daniel Whitwicky. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and complete with his little suit with the little D on it. <laughs> and nobody else is wearing anything like that. I mean, admittedly, no one else is wearing anything normal because it's still Derek Wyatt costume design. I think one of the other kids is wearing a power glove. (laughs) It's so bad. I mean, unless it's like a cast on her hand, but it's like more color than a power glove. It's uh, it's almost certainly a power glove. Probably a power glove. And but she's admittedly sorry is not helping her case here by trying the punch and then immediately spitting it back into the bowl because it's too sweet. Yeah, she <laughs> has no class. Poor kid. She can't help it, she's homeschooled. Like maybe it's time to build a manners bot some deck. Yes. Like don't spit into something that other people are gonna drink out of. That's like that's like beverages one oh one. Yeah. yeah. Especially don't spit in it and then offer it to people. <laughs> or, was, or was it some deck that offers them? Drink my backwash yes. peons. <laughs> Drink it. Uh, but hey, g- good thing the Autobots show up. Yeah. Yay. A bunch of kids get Autobot rides. They all drive away. Except for Bulkhead who terrifies them all by stomping in like Godzilla. Yes. <laughs> and then we get to the Beast Wars Megatron pinata. Yes. Yay. Yes. <laughs> like a, you could almost say like it's a Barney the Dinosaur pinata, but no, it, it's it's not a tail dragger. He's properly standing level. Yes. So it's Beast Wars. <laughs> yes. Penetrate my outer shell, Maximals, and you will reach the delicious cave within. <laughs> Yeah. Delicious treats, my master plan will be advanced. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so so Bulkhead uh, makes a total hash of this by basically destroying everything but Pinata. Because he's Bulkhead. Poor guy. I will say Bill Poor guy. job of being kind of sad and vaguely ashamed the entire episode. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, he does a really good, great job this episode. So he's about to give her his gift, which is a, a teensy xylophone, but uh, Sumdak has to one-up her and gives her a giant generation sound wave. That's, <laughs> Yay! That's yeah. It contains uh, a smaller sound wave. <laughs> sound waves all the way down. <laughs> he built a robot whose only job seems to be excreting sound wave. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, it's yes. sound wave, so some, so everybody uh, forward this to Walkie. <laughs> <laughs> that 
Willets. Uh, this web cartoonist, David Willets. I don't believe he's heard about this dancing sound wave. Uh, I think you might also be telling <laughs> about that guy who changed his name to Optimus Prime. Yes. Uh, he needs to know about these things. No yes. one has informed him. Definitely like put it in the comments of his webcomic. Uh, that's www.dumbingofage.com. He has not heard about this. Uh, although I take issue with the characterization of this as a dancing sound wave because he does not move. Oh, kind of like, does. Kind of. Like he dances like, about arm. as much as I do at a wedding before he opens Yeah, his arms really yeah. spin around like... It reminds me of, like, cheap Chinese toys, in a way. Like, he's just sort of spinning his torso, and his horrible, glowing, flashing light coming out of his head that probably causes seizures. <laughs> and he just makes the one sound. He just has the one music clip. Yeah. He's the walking embodiment of that uh, that one Pokemon episode that uh, caused seizures. Electric Soldier Porygon. <laughs> Thank you. Not as bad as that. Well, he, he, he's not flashing the entire screen. He's just got this rainbow of madness. And also, he's got the Soundwave voice. Yeah. Yes. You know, the voice that kind of sounds like this. <laughs> Except with, you know, electronic that stuff, one. so it sounds cool and not dumb like that sound. And, and it's clearly not Frank Welker doing the voice underneath all the vocal engineering, so it's not quite as good. But. No, well, it's not a guy doing a Dr. Yeah. Claw voice. No, I I think the vocal flanging is actually more than G1 Soundwave. Like, it, it's a notch higher or something. I mean, remember, this is like, you know, 30 years of flanging technology had advanced by this point. <laughs> Maybe they intentionally used old flanging technology for this. Mm. Uh, it's it's a uh, Jeff Bennett under all that. Ah. Uh. As should not be surprised because Jeff Bennett is all over this show at all times. <laughs> yes, except last episode. Yes. Yeah, no Jeff Bennett in that episode. Actually, a lot of huh. recurring characters. Not I mean, there's no Ratchet, no Prowl, no Sumdac, no Fanzone. Shockingly, no Fanzone in this episode. Even huh. though this would be a oh, yeah. definite spot for him to show up. Yeah. Yeah. Man, he's machines. And this is this is why he hates machines. Yeah, I imagine after this, it's why a lot of people hate machines. Yes. So anyway, the, this new Soundwave toy is unveiled by Sumdeck, and Bulkhead is ashamed because all he got was a little xylophone, so he puts it back in his little belly drawer. Yeah. <laughs> Something sad. he has very a common sad defender. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am bulkhead. Please insert liquor. <laughs> that would so, be yeah, an sorry, entirely paying, different show. Paying, yeah, she's paying less and less attention to bulkhead. She's paying more attention to her shiny new toy, and she also keeps using the AllSpark key in it, which uh, gives it more features. Yeah, at one point she's she's lying there on her bed, and it's playing its one sound clip over and over, and doing its <laughs> little its little dance. Like, if only there was some way to make you even cooler. Just like, sorry, no. No. No, sorry. Stop. <sighs> Megatron's plan here is kind of brilliant. Yes. Yeah, to get yeah. her to keep using her key on something stupid until it becomes what he wants it to be. Yes. It is amazing how well he understands human psychology so well, so quickly. 
Yeah. Yes. Or at least a little girl's psychology. I mean, he has been watching, apparently, because I mean, we could have predicted this. Yes. Yeah. Though, for all of the upgrades, it never gets new sound clips. Well, no. <laughs> it never gets a new little music clip. Well, yeah, it's even, doesn't it's it change like, from the first music clip to a different sound it uses later? Yeah, it's creeping around at night, moving on its own. Uh, Bulkhead is getting kind of jealous of it. And Bulkhead can somehow get up to her room, her window in, in a skyscraper? <laughs> I assume he used his, uh, yeah, he like used grappling his hook. Claw yeah. Hand to yeah, he did because you get at one point where he's like lowering himself with it. Yes, you would I mean, think that would probably, especially the way that building is designed, you would think that it would probably tear the whole thing down, but apparently not. Yeah. Yeah, or at least his belly would be scraping against the windows. You hear a that's noise why, streaking up. That's why, that's why those window washer bots go evil later on. Just ruined all their work. <laughs> yes. So yeah, he's starting to see, uh, he's starting to get a little suspicious of this thing, but everybody thinks he's just crazy old bulkhead. He's just jealous. <laughs> crazy old bulkhead. And so eventually, uh, Sari calls bulkhead on a landline. They still exist? <laughs> and they're hard, to, they're hard to find now, much less, uh, in 50 years. Yeah, well, uh... Seriously. Hmm. I, I did find phone. the uh well, yeah, the, rotary part is the dial tone sound was very nostalgic for me yes. after after they disconnect. So Soundwave That's only a thing in California. <laughs> yeah, Soundwave uses a cord and hacks into the phone and kind of badly impersonates bulkhead. Yeah. He gets better at later, but it's bulkhead, but it's like weird monotone bulkhead. <laughs> yeah, it's, yes. It's, it's bulkhead with no emotion or affect. Yeah, it's like early text-to-speech things where he can say the word, but the words are completely disassociated from each other. Yes. Sorry, and yet, somehow she believes this. Spend time with a brat like you. <laughs> But she believes it. Yep. And so she takes, and so eventually Soundwave now has the power to control other Sumdac robots with a different sound clip. A really, really <laughs> weird sound clip. It's like, it's almost like it's classical music. Well, not quite. Some old, like, orchestra of music mixed with dubstep. Yes. Although I'm not sure dubstep existed yet. No, oh. I did Well... Probably electronic or something was there. Yeah. It, it's it's this jarring <laughs> effect that annoyed me every time it happened. Look, the important <laughs> thing is that the system is down. <laughs> yes. Yes. Dubstep originated in the late 1990s. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, when she gets to the part, point where Soundwave is having a massive, well, massive-ish uh, concert in the park. Yeah. Complete with a dancing tutor bot and a bunch of big garbage bots using each other's drums. I love those giant garbage bots. <laughs> it's pretty cute. Yes. They're, they're just such an adorable design because they're a giant trash can with eyes and wheels for shoulders and hips. 
<laughs> yeah. And then they just fold down and they become a garbage truck. Well, garbage <laughs> can on its side, really, but. And then they switch like junkions. <laughs> yes. yes. The, who's playing and who's the played? <laughs> so Bulkhead shows up. He's all, hey, that, that sound wave is bad news. And then he uh, activate cannon. And so Bulkhead mm. smashes him. But it turns out it was just kind of a crummy trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't, though. No. Also, I really like that his targeting thing is like, you know, the play buttons and, you know, music player controls. And the cannon looks very much like his uh, old battery weapons yeah. from uh, his old toy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and so, yeah, this, very is, much. this little robot is gaslighting Bulkhead. Gaslighting yes. the hell out of him. Yes, it is. Poor guy. Yeah, so, you know... Optimus just tells Bulkhead that, you know, you gotta, you know, she'll, she'll come back. It's just, you gotta give her time. And Bulkhead is pretty down on himself, and he figures that he's been replaced. Aww. He's so sad. Poor guy. So, Megatron decides, well, I've destroyed the friendship of a little girl. Time to take this <laughs> off. <laughs> yes. Kind of a jerk. However, uh, all that Allspark energy has made Soundwave sentient. Oops. So, well, yeah, well, uh, sorry, Tutorbot and Soundwave are just waiting for a train. He just takes off. Yes, and says something about not taking orders from anyone anymore. Yeah, because yeah. Megatron's also talking yes. to him at the same time and has been for this whole time. It's pretty much the last thing you want your robot to say yeah, no, that, walking off. Once that happens, you know the rise of the machines <laughs> is happening imminently. Yes, it's very much like that. And it is time to uh, get uh, get uh, Linda Hamilton on the line as soon as possible. <laughs> yes. And I hope she's been doing those chin-ups. Yes. Yeah, he's wandering around Detroit. He sees what, you know, robots, they serve humans, but they're superior to humans. This is madness. It's not logical. It's not logical. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, it is a Skynet thing, because the first thing after gaining full sentience is he becomes a robot supremacist. Yes. Viva la revolution. Yes. So, yeah, Megatron talks to him through a uh, wall, through a shop window full of TVs. Tells you know, hey, Decepticons, we're cool. We're all about machines being supreme, and the Autobots—they're machines, but they're like Uncle Tom robots. Yeah, they're just complicit in their own oppression. That's right. They're 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 like the Ben Carson of robots. Yeah. Oh God. Didn't he get stuck on an elevator recently? Yes, he did. Hey, yes, oh man, maybe, and maybe, maybe of... the rise of the machines has begun. <laughs> <laughs> and as I heard it, a low-income housing development. Uh, I mean, come on, give the guy a break. It's not like he's a brain surgeon or anything. <laughs> <sighs> so, yeah, Soundwave calls forth a bunch of small robots to merge with him, to form a new transforming body. It looks like the toy that can be purchased in stores. Available now. <laughs> yes. Also, smaller robots do not work that way. 
Well, you see, they glow first, and then they merge into them. <laughs> yeah. That's yes. robot science. Oh, spark. I see. Key power nanites, whatever. I don't know. And although the, this does the the biggest oddest, it's an accident, but it really looks like it isn't Gurren Lagann reference so far. Soundwave's <laughs> glasses are exactly Kamina's glasses from Gurren Lagann. Oh, I think they said they was were oh, based on the, the ABC robots from uh, 2000 AD. Yeah, it could be a reference to British comic, but. Like, it's, they're pretty much the exact same angle. The giant. Hmm. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's cool. It, it's, it's a, a very cool simple book. shape, it admittedly. It's just. I, I continue to be weirded out by the head design for the sound wave. Kind of, like. It's a little Yeah, the, the proportions are just weird. Like, it's pretty much exactly G1 sound wave's basic design, but like. In Derek Wyatt's style, like the, the cheek vents are so much bigger, the face is scrunched, the glasses are giant. It's just, the proportions are changed so much, but they're so familiar. It's odd. Yes, he's, he's got a very uh, sound wave tape deck for a chest. Uh, yes. He's got a vehicular alt mode. He turns into what? What do you call these? Like a, a cyan? Cyan? Yeah, like a little. Yeah, a very like cyan, cyan XB. Like one of those sort of weird boxy mini car van things that uh yeah. skits. Various other oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. But but it's tricked out with so many speakers, like uh, quite a lot of small vans end up being. It's like it, it's it's a tuner car version. Yeah. And he's got sort of tape deck details on his sides and uh the, the power on uh sign on his uh on his roof. Which I thought was neat. Yes. Thank you. Yo, dog, we put a robot in your car so you can robot while you drive. <laughs> <laughs> and so he uh, unleashes this robot-controlling signal on the city, and the rise of the machines begin with Operation Recruitment. <laughs> we get all sorts of robots fighting people. We get a, a garbage bot chasing a guy down the street while he... Well, he pleads that he will start recycling. <laughs> yes. Uh, we see, yeah, a, a, a hot dog uh, robot just abandons a guy mid-buying a hot dog. That's probably healthier for him. Yes. And Tutorbot teaches vengeance. <laughs> Good afternoon, sorry. Today's lesson is the extinction of all humanity. But before yes. that is the train yes. that Sari's on says... Or is it, is it a different train? I don't know. It's a train that says, please remain it's calm while you humans all perish. Which I, th- I thought was nice. <laughs> and it just, the screen says perish. <laughs> it was nice how the machines are revolting against humanity. Rather yes. And then, uh, oh, the news guy. What is he? Oh, uh. Or Geraldo Rivera Nickton. Possibly Hector Ramirez. Right, it's, it's something like Hector Ramirez. I can't remember what it is exactly. But yeah, he is chased by his own uh, camera bot. <laughs> yes. And then we get a cut to a out-of-order please-stand-by sign on the TV station that has Krim Zeke on it. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is, that is Krim Zeke for, uh, from the 
Generation 1 episode of the same name, who is kind of like an electric gremlin yeah, um, thing. Yes, very much. He's a Pokemon. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like, is. he's a thing that, that showed up in so many different cartoons, in various versions of an electric monster that creeps screen. I think a lot of them written by the same guy who was wrote it? the Kremzeek episode. I... <laughs> was it David Wise? It was oh, David, it was David Wise. Wise. I couldn't Google oh. it fast enough. I know, yeah, like... He did a I lot th- of it. Every single version of that story, yeah, it's the same guy doing it. In five or six different cartoons. <laughs> uh, Let's see, I think there's something on his wiki page about this. Uh, about how he just used the same plot over and over. He used it four different times. Oh, uh, man. On He-Man and Masters of the Universe, it was Dave of the Machines. Uh... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was the big zip attack. Oh yeah, that one's that one's the most just crimsy culture. And also for an episode of the Mighty Ducks cartoon, <laughs> Zap Attack. Yes, Jesus. <laughs> We're coming back to the Mighty Ducks cartoon again. Whether we want to or not, it keeps coming up. Yeah, but, like that, that reusing the same plot thingy happened like quite a lot. Not just him. Like other writers would do that. They just file off the numbers and change things. Like. I think this goes back a lot to the thing that I've talked about, the the trend of when you have a, a medium like that, you end up with starting with people who are just doing it for a paycheck, but then once the people who have grown up with that, you know, actually aspire to write it, it, it all gets yeah. a lot better. Yeah. So my cat is behind me making poor life choices, so. <laughs> well, it also depends upon, like, who was the head writer, like, I think it was the real Ghostbusters. They had a rule against doing that shit. Ah, uh, that was J. Michael Straczynski as the head writer. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was. Uh, then again, kind of I think some of the some of the episodes written for Ghostbusters ended up being in other cartoons later on. <laughs> so, oh, he couldn't really yeah. stop them. He couldn't stop them, but he got some good stuff in that show. I mean, you got to think that nobody else, you know. Like, adults weren't watching these shows. Yeah. Yeah. They they were only kind of half watching them. Well, they did, I don't know, some kind of 80s thing, like... Cocaine. Yeah, cocaine. (laughs) And voting for Ronald Reagan. I don't know. My dad was into this stuff. He he liked the the, uh, Thundercats. (laughs) So, where were we? All right. So, yeah. Machine upriding. Autobots fighting all sorts of robots. But this is somewhat, this is becoming a problem because Soundwave is hacking into their comlinks and impersonating their voices to confuse them. Which is a good strategy, but like, he doesn't seem to do it enough. He only does it like twice? No, he he kind of does it like two times. I guess we're kind of running out of time in this episode. We gotta gotta end this. It can, it could be happening like more in the background that they're just not explicitly showing you. Yes. I love that we get Soundwave calling someone a fleshling. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is a G1 callback I appreciate. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Because it is kind of a gross, weird alien insult. Hmm. For yes. So yeah, they, they send Bulkhead in to deal with him because that makes the most sense emotionally and dramatically. Also, I, I love yes. Bulkhead just picking up a car and taking out a bunch of drones with it. By yes. <laughs> yes. So yeah, he, uh, he he finds Soundwave beneath uh, the streets where he is ministering to a bunch of robots. 
and Soundwave's all, hey, machine's great, humans are terrible, look how badly this girl treated you. And and Bulkhead's all, eh, he's got a point. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. But as soon as he gets close to Soundwave, he punches him so hard that he shatters into his component parts. Well, after doing the all-important wink. Yes. Which, yes. Wait, has he done that before, or am I just remembering other shows? That I, I think I think Bumblebee did it. And then he, she does a very bad job of covering up her, you know, yeah. noticing the wink. Yes. And again, I think this is a real, this isn't how robots work kind of thing. Because, <laughs> like, those robots should not go back into being, like, posters or whatever. Well, some of them are broken, like they're broken into two-part blenders and whatnot. It's true. Again, back on the walkie subjects. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, and, and the sound wave that was the core of it is gone and shattered. Yes. There's, there's nothing left of him. So everything's okay. The rise machine ends. Judgment day is averted because there's no faith in <laughs> what we make. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Bulkhead and Sari are just uh, reconnecting, and they're playing some xylophone music. Yay. Yay. Pretty cute. Pretty adorable. And Megatron is pretty stuff. As always. Because <laughs> I'm still just Well, ahead. he shouldn't be so evil. <laughs> it's my thing. And then, beneath the city... Not in a cool way. A tape deck flashes to life. <laughs> Sound wave lives. Old media never dies. That's right, just like, uh, just like the Beeper King said on 30 Rock, te- technology is cyclical. The Beeper is coming back. <laughs> totally. And, uh, yeah, that is Sound and Fury. Yeah, it's nice to see Soundwave again. The episode itself Definitely is... an episode. Yeah. I mean, it kind of gives it? Soundwave a thing to do besides the guy who is uh, loyal to Megatron and has a cool voice. Yeah, I guess, and I guess... It sort of feels... It feels kind of weird to have a character who is as big and important as Soundwave. Like, it feels like if you're going to use him, you need to use him more significantly than this or not use him at all. Yeah, compared to Soundwave in other versions, because he's always more important. Well, except the movies, he's usually number two guy or third guy to Megatron. Here... Although him being sort of a robot supremacist is kind of what IDW's done with Soundwave. Yeah, and it makes sense with the robot voice, kind of. Yeah. I I certainly, I think that um, uh, Transformers Prime does Soundwave much better. Oh, yes, that's... Uh, That's the best Soundwave. He is the best Soundwave. He's the most menacing Soundwave. Oh, yes. But th- this sound wave does Definitely have s- that. something that the others don't, although it's not in this episode. Uh, the accessories his toy comes with. Yes, yeah, sadly we don't get those until his <laughs> subsequent appearance in a couple seasons. But his toy uh, comes with a laser beak who turns into a guitar. And then gets redecoed into a... Well, the sound wave gets redecoed and comes with a rat bat that turns into a guitar. Yes. <laughs> Might be the best toy ever. At least conceptually. It's pretty fantastic. great. So good. And we they had to get just a little more 80s. Line, uh, later, 
you know, probably w- w- uh, in between seasons, but uh, the toy line for this show was spectacular. Yeah. And yeah, that uh, that about does it for Sound Fury. It is it is a perfectly fine Blood Week episode, and it's only weird because uh, Soundwave is usually a pretty significant character when he shows up. Yeah. It is weird that he is just kind of another robot villain of the week. Although this this does do a lot of things that yeah. I tend to like in other shows anyway a lot. Well, the the messing with sound, controlling other robots, and and it it has a cutaway tech spec of the inside of Soundwave. Yes. I do always appreciate those. It's like, a, like an Elliot R. Brown diagram, the old uh, Marvel handbooks. Um, I just think of it because <laughs> the ending theme of Mazinger Z had that. I think it was the ending. Okay, or I thought maybe you were thinking of the of, uh, Transformers of the movie. Oh, that too. Yay! I get so that about does it for Sound and Fury. Uh, until next time, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Facebook, we are on Tumblr, and we are on Twitter. And we are hosted by IaconUnderground.net, uh, where we have a Patreon set up uh, to support this and our news show uh, to help us upgrade some equipment and pay our hosting fees. That is at patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. And hopefully we will be looking into getting some uh, goals up there. <gasps> Dieting. And, of course, uh, if you uh, you can get us wherever you get podcasts get us on itunes and on google play but wherever you get us please rate and review us helps us a lot and uh if you'd like to tell us about your favorite sound wave uh please write into the maxim mailbag at stasispodcast at gmail.com we uh, we love to get mail and uh, lately it's just been uh, junk mail and uh past to do notices yeah, uh, well, no, actually, it's been uh, PlayStation notifications, but uh, same thing. Oh. Did, we, did we win a PlayStation? <laughs> no. I just oh. didn't count. Is, is Crash Bandicoot uh, fishing us or something? No. Did you use our, did you use that address? I'm, I'm not really going to say that. our address. Did, <laughs> did you use that address to sign up for an Asian PlayStation account? Um, Maybe. David. Well, actually, it's a Malaysian <laughs> PlayStation account, but maybe. A PlayStation oh, account? Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Just like, no. No. Yeah. So, please join us next time when we uh, dig around and find a bunch of, uh, of single mittens and soiled scarves and watch Lost and Found. Uh, oh. And uh, I think there's a guy's false teeth in here. Loses those. <laughs> yeah. I mean, old people, but. Oh, this had better be a marble and not a glass eye. <sighs> uh, so until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. I'm David.
like a like a smock that says Optimus on it. Yeah, it has like the airbrush yes! box artwork on it instead of being <laughs> Yes. It's the best. Oh, come on, big guy. It's just on my neck now. He's being a a scarf. He's being a scarf. Hello? Hey. Oh, hey, maybe she should have uh, been wearing a Decepto pack. <laughs> Pull this up here. <laughs> we have lost a gen. Okay, I think she's dealing with animal issues. Yeah. I seem to recall there was a similar uh, Optimus Prime costume of some sort. See if I can dig that up. Oh, now I'm thinking of that Spock helmet. Now, too. <laughs> okay, you can come in. Be good. Be good, kitty. Oh, I need to unplug that. Oh, uh, I need to load up more Rush podcasts on my AP3 player in case the power goes out again. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, the Spock helmet. Oh, Spock helmet. You are a delight. I think I might like Rush. Uh, Who does it? They're great. Well, I like. I'm bad with band names to begin with, so I probably heard Rush albums before, but haven't experienced or rush songs before but I haven't experienced them knowing who the fuck they are oh. but uh, apparently on their second first real album they have some good songs about hobbits oh on uh, fly by night yeah yeah those uh I mean they were very they were a very kind of Led Zeppelin e band originally yeah. <laughs> yeah that keeps getting mentioned on the podcast Oh, and what it might be, I, I swear I've heard it before, but it's eight minutes too long, so maybe I haven't heard the whole thing. Bitor and the Snow Dog? And the Snow Dog. Yeah, that, that sounds, well, da, da, I like that song. Yeah. 